Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles, the international edition. I am Ron Collett from here in the U.S. of A., and with me all the way in the land of the Red Dragon. And I'm not sure if it's, should I say, Wales or the U.K.? I don't know. They they get a little sensitive about that. But he is none other than Steve Parsons. Good evening. It's the U of K and the country is Wales. What's the difference? We don't yeah. say, we, you know, we say United States. It's, I'm in Massachusetts. No, it, is, it is the U.K. It is the U.K. It's in the U.K. Why do you get a little sensitive about that? You get your panties. We don't. We don't. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. It's just... Where, where there is a little sensitivity, I will admit, is that Scotland. There's you no. Know, it's it's <laughs> the way that you Americans deal with the 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 four uh, the three nations and the because you've got Scotland, England, Wales, Northern Ireland, which make up Great Britain. Uh, but then you, yeah, but you Americans always go the Welsh, the Scots, and the Brits. Mm. Go figure. More yeah. Brits anyway. Anyway, so we, yeah. we started to take a look at some of the strange happenings in the world today. And there's a lot of them. And, and we would uh, do some commentary on it. So uh, who wants to start? You or me? No, I'll let you start it. Okay. Before gentlemen. Age before right. no, no. Good. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm going to start right there in the UK. Okay. Okay? Okay. Oi. 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 Okay. Oi. Chipmunk. Anyway, there you go. I had I promised I'd get that oil in today, so that's why. Probably. So, anyways, uh, according to this, uh, this past Monday, uh, a tourist from Norway claimed to have seen a ghost of George V walking outside of Buckingham Palace in full daylight. No. Yep. Many guards and other tourists have also claimed to see him at twelve o'clock on Monday morning. Wow. Well, uh, the, Give that the, the Norwegian tourist, Sten Stentrasen, or something like that, uh, was taking pictures of the guards outside of Buckingham Palace when he saw a man coming out the closed door of the palace. The man, the tourist claimed, was wearing old-fashioned clothes and seemed to be an old man. Oh, well. He had a gray beard and loaded with medallions on his shirt. The description... Fitz George V, who died in 1936. The ghosts walked from closed doors and disappeared on the back of the palace. There were many eyewitnesses to this ghost appearing. Among them were many guards. Some of the tourists who saw the ghost tried to take pictures of him, but get this, they did not show up. Ah... Interesting. So, what's your thoughts? Did you ever hear this, first of all? Actually, do you know, um, it hasn't come up on my news feed at all. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Um, which is a bit weird, because normally something as astonishing as um, 
George V popping by his old stomping ground and palace yeah. at Buckingham Palace mm-hmm. would have would have you know you would have thought it would have popped up, but do you know I've just even googled it and it hasn't shown up. Really? Um, no, I've just googled the ghost of George V and nothing. Wow. George V Duke of Buckingham's popped up, but you know, hey, he's a regular. Um, but no, uh, a brief guide to go. No, well, nothing. I'll, I'll post my source on the on the page after the show, so that. You okay. Get... Well, I, I mean, no, nothing at all. Yeah. Well, there so, you go. Hot uh, off the presses uh, before it was news. Before it's before oh, anybody oh, wait, wait, wait. knew about it. I wonder if this is a time slip. I'm actually seeing it into the future. Hell, you this see. hasn't happened yet. Or are you seeing something that happened? Check the date. Yeah. <laughs> what's, Nin- what's the 2016. year? Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. George the Fifth. No, no, nothing. George the Fifth. Absolutely. King George the Fifth. Well, hang on. Absolutely nothing. Ah, all right. Top story, if you type that into Google, here in the UK it says, a few of our favorite ghost ships. Oh, well. There you go. In 1880, the future. So you heard it first, first, right here on Ghost Chronicles International. Quite possibly. You heard it first before it reached England. Quite possibly. Because George V actually saw a ghost ship. Well, he saw a ghost ship uh, himself. Yeah, Yeah, um, I know. When he was in the Royal Navy. Yep. Uh, But but now, you know, having been inspired by the ghost ship, um, he's decided to pop back. um, Evidently. Evidently. Seen by lots of witnesses. He was looking for him. Well, seen by lots of witnesses, evidential, evidently, all of, all of whom had presumably had smartphones and not one of whom presumably managed to get a photograph. And that in itself is paranormal. That's the interesting thing. I, that I, is, that, yeah, um, because, you know, nowadays, celebrity, you can't do it. You can't move without a cell phone being poked at your face. Um in full you know, so, daylight, which I can tell. Da- but yeah. if, if you consider something as otherworldly as a... You remember the Russian meteorite um, a few yeah, years ago? Yeah, wasn't that cool? Um, you know, something as rare and as unpredictable as that, that was captured on dozens and dozens of cameras, and yet here we have somewhere... The, the, the Probably the tourist ground zero in London, Buckingham oh, yeah. Alice, and there must have been tens, hundreds possibly of people, all of whom will have had cameras and smartphones... And yet George V can brazenly stroll around and nobody can take a picture. Maybe, you know, he's got that mojo working or something. So anyways, I will post... Stealth the, Monarch. I will, st- I will post the, uh, the uh, source of that. And, okay. uh, well, while, while we're on the source of... Real, of um, well, what's, your, what's your, your thought, I mean, on that? Is, well, uh, well, I can't, I can't make any comments at all because I can't see anything other than... I gave you the story. You give me the story. Sounds it, reputable. Well, does it? Is it any more different than, you know, we have no evidence to back it up, only this one person's um, claim. Well, uh, it was seen by many guards. Well, you know, I can say I was out in the back garden before and a werewolf ran past and everybody in the neighbourhood saw it. You know, it means nothing, does it? There's nothing there to it. Well, many tourists uh, try to take pictures of it. Well, many tourists also failed to take pictures of it. There were many eyewitnesses. Therein lies the problem. Um, There were many people who failed to take a picture of it, and we have nothing at all to go on. And it... (laughs) 
And yet we know it's King George. I mean, they evidently oh, yeah. know King I mean, George was, but that they were able to get the description so but the clear thing is, that if you have a look at the picture of King George, uh-huh. uh huh, and and you know his his family, he, they all look remarkably. You know, uh, the Duke of Kent today, Tsar Nicholas, they all have that sort of. You know, they all. If you put them all side by side, they all do look remarkably similar. And who? So we've got somebody in a grey beard with lots of medallions, um, cavorting round in front of the palace. It, how did they know it was King George? Did he have a sign on saying King George? No, his description matched that of King George, evidently. Yeah, but the description. Didn't, of King you, read, George, didn't you read that? Here he is. Well, if you pull up a picture of King George and then pull up a picture of Tsar Nicholas and the modern day Duke of Kent, you're going to be hard pressed to tell them apart. So, um. Well, it just says the description fits uh, to King George. So, there you go. Well, Whatever. Kirsten in the chat room has said that she never thinks of grabbing a camera when events happen. She usually just stands there with her mouth open saying, that didn't happen, that just did not happen. Well, apparently... It happened. A hundred other, other people stood there open mouth going, that just didn't happen. Oh, so there you go. There you go. So, that could have been the um, ghost photograph of the decade. However, uh, not to be outdone... Um, another royal ghost appeared uh, last week. No way! Uh, yeah, the well, spook, they all I've, come out this time of year. I, it must be something to do with the time of year because um, um, on the 18th of May, this this appeared in one of our in our one of our national newspapers. Uh, is the ghost of the French Queen walking the halls of a castle in Norfolk? Now this is Queen Isabella, the she wolf of France. Who was apparently captured on camera? This one, you know, that somebody here did have the presence of mind. Um, 54-year-old Andy, the leader of an Essex ghost hunting team, said he heard oh, the sound of a long go. dress swishing along the corridors, along the stairs, and took a photograph. Um, and this is a photograph taken at Castle Rising in Norfolk, where the French Queen spent much of her time during the last 30 years of her life in the 30, 14th century. Um, believed to be Queen Isabella. Um, and there is a picture, which is it, it, a picture. It's a smudge. It's it's two ghost hunters sitting, one sitting on the floor, one standing behind a camera tripod, um, and a smudge, which... It's a full-spectrum camera picture um, uh. of, of a smudge. <laughs> I... How they then got that to Queen Isabella, um, it says there is a clear figure that from the clothing and shoulder pads looks like someone wearing medieval dress. They even look to have something on their head like a queen might wear. Oh, but what is my on a crown, presumably? But what is most striking is the fact that there is a dog like shape at her feet. It is very clear, and considering she was known as the Wolf Queen, it made everyone think. What I had captured could be the ghost of Queen Isabella. Well, uh, you can uh, the link's already on. Uh, you can look at the picture taken with the full spectrum camera yourself. Um, yeah. Um, okay. Um, it's a smudge. Okay. So I will have to see that myself. Obviously, Andy had better eyesight than I do. Um, I can't see a clear figure. I can't see shoulder pads. I can't see a dog. Um, it could be, you know, it could be something in the picture. Um, there is, there is undoubtedly a smudge on the picture. Yeah. There's also 
a, quite a, a high degree of blurring around the investigators as well. Um, you know, it could be somebody... Not just full spectrum, I'm sure. It could just be somebody walking through the shot. Um, it could be any number of things. To extrapolate that into Queen Isabella the She-Wolf, um, I think there's something in the picture. Okay. You know, there's, there's no doubt there's something in the picture. It's a smudge. It's Queen Isabella appearing as a smudge with her she-wolf running round her feet, apparently. Okay. So, uh, you... Do you uh, give it much credence, or, I mean, how do you rate that? Do you think that well, is a good quality story, or...? It's, it's, it's a paper that's... It's one of our national papers. It's not... I mean, it is silly season over here. Mm-hmm. Um, there is something on the picture. Um, a haunting image snapped at the medieval ruined castle rising in Norfolk. I don't... There is something in the picture. It's a smudge. Um, you can make of it... I mean, looking at it on the screen in front of me now, I can see um, an alligator, a wild boar, something on all fours running around on the floor. But if you, it's a low resolution smudge on a picture. Okay. All right. So you Not know, paranormal, unfortunately. Uh, you know, the interesting thing about that is, is I have actually find my story with more credence than yours. I'm sorry. Okay. And well, the reason, and the reason why, and I'm going to give it to you, and, and you, I'd like you I to comment, you is that, <laughs> is that, you know, my story was seen by tourists just doing their touristy thing and guides and so forth. Yours was taken by two ghost hunters with a broken camera. Uh, well, a, a group of ghost hunters. Okay, a group of ghost hunters with a broken camera. Uh, Andy from Essex Ghost Hunters. In the dark, um, I'm sure, right? With a full-spectrum... Well, it's not broken, isn't it? It's a working full-spectrum camera. Um, Which is broken. It's modified. Okay, fine. I mean, the difference is, at least we have something that we can look at, rather than just a... a so, a, you have people that are looking for ghosts. Yeah. Uh, you have people that are in the dark... In the dark. And and have a somewhat of a photograph, and uh-huh. from all that they can tell us it was the Queen uh, Wolf Queen. So uh, Queen Isabella. Yeah. So, but is that? I mean, how much different is that than um, a group? Well, of very them? clearly, my well, guys fact, weren't looking we, for ghosts. Well, they were out here just doing their well, tourist thing, and all well, of a sudden, this guy walks out of a door that's closed, and I guess. Of all the tourists, and uh, he, you know, he just, you know, it's, uh, it's, he walks quite away. It's uh, according to this, you know, and, and we're talking in the daylight, twelve o'clock, and uh, this is a guy not from the UK, just a tourist, uh, and the guy's seen him, and we have many witnesses according to this article. So, uh, to me, well, actually, I like well, actually, well, actually, I have more credence. Well, actually, there's a there's a wee flaw in that, isn't there? Why is that? Because, because we only have what. We have no, because we have one person saying there were lots of witnesses. We don't have lots of witnesses saying we all saw it. Well, we don't know that. We, well, we don't know there were lots of witnesses because we have one person. We don't saying, know there were. Yeah, but we we can only go by what the information that we have, and the right. information that we have is a single testament 
are saying that we're the lots of other people. Oh, we have the. This is the. No, we don't. Uh, this no. Is, wait a minute. This is the reporter that is reporting. Yeah. So it's. Uh, well, yeah. You know. uh, anyway, okay. So moving on. I think. Um, yeah, just going back to just going back to the chat room because you know we'll involve those. Um, oh, of course. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes ghosts look like a smudge even when they're full frontal because they're moving. So oh, excuse real me. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Ghosts look like a smudge. Apparently so, even full front view because they're moving, which is perfectly true. Because well, it's perfectly no, it's not perfectly sensible. We don't even know what a freaking sorry, ghost is. Sorry, What's a ghost? perfectly. Per excuse me, they're perfectly sensible because when people move in front of a camera and the exposure is long, then they will smudge. So it's a reasonable assumption that if a figure moves or an object moves in front of a camera, it would also smudge. Um, yeah, um, and. Yeah, of course, Norwegians uh, clearly know what our King George V is. Yeah, well, we don't know how they came up with that conclusion, but, uh, you know, unfortunately... Well, uh, according, again, according to the consensus in the chat room there, that, uh, being a Norwegian, you are likely to open yourself to ridicule because their country is very, very small. Yeah, so there you go. All right, so you got anything else for me, or is that uh, I enough with that? Well, I mean, there is loads of interest. There's, there's actually, well, uh, it's my turn now, actually, right? Well, I was going to say about the video that's gone viral, leaving Internet users confused, showing a ghost crossing a road in broad daylight. Now, this wasn't King George V. Was it? Uh, uh, did he no, have clothes on? Uh, this was taken showing a ghost-like figure crossing the road in broad daylight has people debating online whether it really was paranormal or just some good computer special effects at play. Oh, my God. Okay. The footage looks like it's been shot by a motorist while driving on a deserted road through the woods. At one point, suddenly, something that looked like a black shadowy figure crosses the road and fades away when it reaches the other side. It's King George again, isn't it? I think it is. I really yeah. think it does get a lot. Yeah, wait, wait a minute. Unless it's that wolf queen looking for King George. It could be. Um, anyway, I, I shall, as we speak, uh, post the link to the video so that people can, can check it out afterwards um, and make of it as they will. I'm not going to comment because I, I really, you know, life's too short to, to sit and. Um, well, you, I, I can't see it, of watch course. Watch the but video. I want to comment on it, though. And that, why is a black shadow always a ghost? I mean, why why is it automatically assumed it's a ghost if it's a black shadow? I mean, can it be a black shadow? Well, it could be. I mean, it could be. Well, why is it a ghost? I don't see. That's the thing. I don't. I don't get. This is something we always make that leap from. Okay, we have something. We have an anomaly captured on film or or video, and all of a sudden, just like the guy who says that's King George and the guy that says that's the queen of thing. Is there enough evidence to prove that that shadow is that person? How do we get from there to there? No, but what this, what this does ably demonstrate is something that we've talked about on the show before, which is the use of language and this use of this, this word ghost, because we, we all think that we know what the word means and we use the word you know, in, in media articles, we read the word ghost scene, ghost appears, ghost walks down corridor, King George's ghost appears. Mm -hmm. We all really think we know what we, what we, what we mean. And, and generally, in common usage, 
of language we do we all understand the concept however the mechanisms might be different and we tend to label for example a black shadowy shapeless figure caught on a camera a smudge on a camera um a figure seen in front of a palace that might be solid um bedecked in medals um they're all given that same title ghost but the mechanisms like the whole thing might be entirely different and it's just it's just a generic term that we apply to the experience isn't it i saw a ghost i felt there was a ghost in the room with me um you know i sensed that there was a ghost or a presence it's it's a catch-all word that everybody kind of knows what you know we, we can put it in conversation and we all get the, the the gist of what the other person is talking about but the the whole the whole experience and the mechanism might be completely different in in, in you know different cases. Right. But uh, you know, it's it's just that it it seems that we we want to accept that. Maybe that's part of the pareidolia that we do that we want some order. We have captured this anomaly, whatever it is, and we want to say what is it. We, our mind wants to make up, okay, it's logical to believe that this shadow is the spirit of a dead person. So uh, there you go. I can understand that. So, but it's, uh, Well, I mean, is a it lot proof? of people... Absolutely not. Well, a lot of people would, would, would have um, a view on what you said, and it's logical to assume it's a ghost, because they would say it's logical to assume it's a hallucination. Uh, again, mm-hmm. this, this comes down to your own spin on the situation because there are an awful lot of people let's be honest who don't believe in in ghosts at all they think it's all stuff and nonsense you know we tend to we look at our facebook feeds and our world and our friends who tend to have similar interests and outlooks to us so they tend to we tend to think that perhaps the paranormal is more important you know in terms of the grand scheme of the world than than it in fact is Mm -hmm. um there are not very many people in the world who are researching what ghosts are and what life after death might be and what, what that represents in terms of human consciousness. Exactly. You know, there are far more people researching probably the common cold. I don't um, think he's doing with that. But, but we, you know, we tend to think of it uh, as a significant part of what we do. And yeah, in the actual fact, it's, it's, it's interesting and it's fascinating. Uh, but it's not it's not you know the end of the world or <laughs> or the beginning of the next is it ultimately well that's the, that's the thing i mean it's it's like even mediums and i think we discussed this before on our show is, is that you know we may have a medium or they can give us information but we have absolutely we can and we can prove that information but we have absolutely no proof where the medium got the information from. Did they get it from really a dead person that's supposedly in the room with you? Or did they get it from some greater consciousness? Did they read your mind? Did they get it from something we don't even understand yet? It, you know, that's the, the, the dilemma that we face is that, you know, we make the logical assumption saying, okay, uh, this medium says my grandfather's here and, and he just gave me some information that only he would know and I would know. And uh, so, therefore, my grandfather must be there. But we, we really don't know that in, in truth. Well, of course we don't. And we, 
we tend to look for that significance as well. I mean, if people have gone to mediums, they are want they are going to mediums. I mean, I recently saw our mutual friend Derek Acora, and I was oh, talking. Oh, Derek, how is he? He he misses you. Yeah. Um, he's currently doing doing a warm up act in Ireland for me next for, for next week. He's on tour for in you. Ireland. Well, you know, he's over there this week, just warming them up, ready for me going over next week. So, Damn. Uh, I know. But, you know, looking at the audience, if people go to see a psychic, when people go you know, to have a reading at, at you know, at, at an event, or they go along to perhaps Circles of Wisdom or Spirit Quest and want to have a reading from a psychic, they, they're going to... I mean, you can be kind of... You don't have to be psychic to predict the sort of things that they want. You know, um, they want information. And a psychic medium can throw out information, and it's been demonstrated. And we, we ended last week's show on a bit of a high by me saying that when mediums have been tested, uh, there are not just one or two bad apples in the barrel. The whole damn barrel's rotten, except for possibly one oh, or two yeah. decent apples at the bottom that might, you can make into a chutney. Um, we don't know. We, we the truth is we don't know. Mediumship has been tested and it's been found to be wanting. But equally, mediums down the years there have been a handful who have come up with intriguing information that's challenging, and challenges the skeptics, and puts them in a position of feeling uncomfortable and, and scrabbling for an explanation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that's. The, All right, we, we don't want to go through the medium thing yet. No, no, we don't want to. But yeah. you, I mean, as soon as you raised it, you know. I did, I understand. You did. That's you why did. I let and you had, rant for a little bit. Had to be dealt with. I let you rant there for a bit, so that's fine. But anyways, we're coming up to the break anyway, so I, I don't think we can uh, start another story without uh, going to things. So without that, uh, I do want to mention is that Spirit Quest tickets are now... Uh, up for sale, and uh, for you don't for those who don't know, Steve will be coming all the way over from the UK to join us for Spirit Quest again this on year. On foot, on foot, on foot. Yes, yeah. you'll be walking. Walking. Uh, yep. And uh, Spirit Quest is September twenty third through the twenty fifth, and then Groveland, Massachusetts, and it is Angels and Demons, and uh, we've got some really cool things uh, going on, including a Pope's death mask. So uh, that's going to be cool, right? Very cool. I've seen the pictures on the Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. Yes, yes. And, Which Pope uh, is it, by the way? What's that? Which Pope was it? Well, you'll have to come to find out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Only because I don't know. <laughs> I'll have well, to find out myself. We can, well, we can tell for certain it's not Benedict the Thirteenth, and it's not oh, Frankenstein, the Pope Frankenstein, the whatever number he is. Yeah. So, anyways, that's going to be exciting. Uh, the, Wendy Redden, uh, who was on my ghost story because of her haunted pole dancing story, will be actually giving a presentation. <laughs> presentation. Sorry, on, I thought you said uh, haunted pole dancing, then. <laughs> yeah, and uh, she'll be giving a presentation on uh, the deaths of popes and funerals. Uh, what, we're not going to have pole dancing at Spirit Quest? No, no, no pole dancing this year. Uh, but she actually, she actually studied in the UK. She got a degree in uh, medieval, uh, whatever, uh, there in the UK. She can tell you better than I can, so I don't know. 
So there's the music, so we got to go. Uh, you listen to Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Parson and Ron Kolick right here on Tojanet, Pararex, Planet Paranormal, uh, Astronet, and wherever else. We'll be right back after the following message with some more exciting headlines. Monday mornings just got scarier. Tune in every Monday at 11 a.m. for another episode of Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition with New England's own Van Helsing, Ron Kolick, and his inquisitive travel companion, Lou Blassie, the professor. Hey, that's me. Each week we'll delve into the realm of the supernatural where all that is is not what it appears to be. With remarkable guests, spirited conversation, and the occasional voice of the deceased, we'll bring you a whole new meaning to the term dead air. Ghost Chronicles, Mondays at 11 on Eagle Radio 1110. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more. All in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place an oasis in this hectic world. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly gooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Bear X family. There you go, peace and quiet. <clears throat> and brings us back to part two of Ghost Chronicles International uh, with your host. Ronnie Van H over in Ronnie Ronnie Van H. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I like that Ronnie Van H. Yeah, yeah over yeah. in Massachusetts, um, and me Stevie Van P over here. <laughs> oh, there you go, there you go <laughs> in in West Wales, boy. Um, and uh, we're we're going through the X Files tonight, um, but yeah, we got to yeah we got to have a word from our sponsors. I think we have a word of the week, don't we? If you can remember what it was. Oh, yes. Uh, we haven't yes. done Word of the Week Most for a long time. Most uh, International is brought to you. Brought to you by the numbers six and, and six and six. Word of the Week is... Is... Psychic! Yeah, you remembered! Uh, psychic. According to our, our reference source, because we're a paranormal show, we're using the Encyclopedia of Psychic Science, which was published in the 1930s, so it's horribly out of date, but it kind of fits, because it goes way, way back to when Ron was a boy. Uh, and it was published, written by Nandor Thodor, who was an American researcher. I know him. Oliver Lodge. 
And they have psychic down as, denoting as an adjective, the supernormal character of certain phenomena, meaning as a noun, to be a medium. Camille Flammarion was the first to use it as a French term in France, and the American researcher Sergeant Cox was the first to suggest it in English. So there we go. So, well, you know, hey, yeah. There are lots of... I mean, we have psychic force. But figure it out. <clears throat> well, it simply means supernormal character of some phenomena. Oh, okay. Um, there, is, there, there are lots of other entries that relate to uh, psychic force. I mean, there's pages and pages of psychic force references and psychic photography and psychic news and psychic music, psychic lights, moulds, museums, uh, science, yeah. psychic and science, arts, Richard and... Um, Actually, Psychic and Science, the quarterly journal of the British College of Psychic Science. That's got nothing to do with Richard for Psychic Telephone, the one for Cal here. An instrument invented by F.R. Melton of Nottingham, consisting of a box inside of which is a rubber bag con- connected with a pair of earphones from a wireless set. The Ooh. idea is that if the medium inflates the bag with his or her breath, and then seals it. The bag will take the place of the medium, and direct voices will be heard through the earpiece in his absence. Harry Price, Harry Price subjected the psychic telephone to a thorough test in the NLPR, the National Laboratory for Psychical Research. It did not work. Ah. Oh. So, um, you know what? Because he didn't have Derek Akura read the noise. So, Steve Huff, if you're listening to the show, there is no point in blowing into a rubber balloon full of the medium's breath. Well, uh, it is if you want to accept the uh, except ab- abbreviation will, test. Except, I'm sure you know, filling a bag with hot air fits in quite well with quite a lot of these phenomena mm-hmm. claims. There you go. So, well, but yeah, um, but you know, we were we've gone from psychic back to our X Files, and I I remembered that you know we're on Toggy Net tonight, and they're based in Tyler, Texas, and in sort of an homage to Tyler, Texas, um, earlier last week, a Texas park and wildlife game warden was called Ooh. out to Hockley County on Road Five Ninety Seven. So if oh, production, do you know where Hockley County and Five Ninety Seven? Uh, ben might be able to pop in here and answer this. Um, where um, a woman in a convenience store approached the warden 15 minutes early, said she had stumbled across a creature in the road that looked like a chubacabra. No way. Yep, apparently in Hockley County, Texas, on road 597, um, there was a... And, and it's on video. But no the way. Texas, the, te- the Texas uh, Parks and Wildlife um, Department game warden claims that there is an explanation for the sighting of the chubacabra. Really? Yeah. But there's also a video. Okay. There you and go. what's this explanation? Um, it's, um, he said the game warden assures the woman it was more likely to be a coyote with mange. Coyote. Coyote with mange. Um, but it looked like chubacabra because he obviously he, she the the game warden knew what chubacabra looked like because it had a large snout and eyes. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. The game warden at the scene confirmed it was in fact a coyote with mange. There you go. 
for a the mangy coyote. A mangy coyote. Sorry, uh, Texas, but your game warden, your chupacabra was a mangy, mangy uh, coyote. That's a shame. Do you get coyotes in New England? Yeah, we do. Oh, cool. We, we actually, some of the coyotes have uh, bred with dogs now, so you have a crossbreed of uh, a coyote. Oh, I didn't see it. We haven't seen any of these yet, have we? Well, they're they're pretty much a reclusive figures. Um, Not like you. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Oh, here so we anyways, go. Um, we found out where uh, it is from, from production um, yeah. in Tyler. Um, it's in the San, San Antonio area of Texas, and it's about six hours away from where they are. Um, but then, apparently, from Tyler, Texas, everything is six, six hours, hours away. away. <laughs> it's literally in the middle of nowhere. Uh-huh. So, you anyways, uh, you know, as you I were talking... I just thought, you know, found it, you know, Texas. Yeah, that's good. That's Probably, good. You know, I on topic. That. Yeah, very topic. Very, you know, you mentioned earlier about the Russian meteorite that, that, yeah, that yeah. was so many pictures of, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know if you were aware of this, but uh, we had one that occurred here in Maine uh, not too long. You did. You did. It yes. made papers here in the UK as oh, well. Oh, it did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the piece, I think it was May 18th, I believe it was. Um, but uh, the story is that uh, there is a $20,000 reward if you can come up with a piece of this uh, meteorite. So... Uh, especially, uh, you know, here it is. I'll read the headline. Chances of finding a meteorite are astronomically slim, experts say, especially since it's broken into two pieces as it fell over the western main sky. A clue that it, it was fragile, but curiosity and the reward is bringing out searches. Yeah, I'd go out there, right? Uh, and it fell to the earth last Tuesday, by the way. Uh, Twenty thousand dollars for you. You have to get a kilogram chunk. How big is a kilogram there? Uh, a couple of pounds, two and a half pounds. Uh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that's a that's a big rock. Uh, yeah. However, the UFO conspiracy theorists have immediately seized on this idea, claiming oh, that have. the well, they, they claim that the second smaller object, Biederman, um, <laughs> Biederman, was in fact an alien UFO that homed in on the threatening space rock to blast it to pieces and save the Earth. Oh, thank God. Links already posted on Ghost Chronicles International Facebook page. Um, and reporting and in fact, Ontario yeah. and Quebec. Uh, that's cool. In fact, uh, uh, Cook, who is a 22-year-old NASA veteran uh, based in Alabama, says it's uh, fair to hold out hope, especially considering the sum of money, but I don't think anybody is going to produce a two-kilogram uh, uh to get the $20,000. But what do you got to lose, you know? So, uh... I, I like the idea from some of the comments in the many UFO enthusiasts supporting the apparently far-fetched conclusion um, of the uh, UFO blasting the space rock to pieces to save the Earth. Well, that's one good. Is, I know. One is written, uh, what a bunch of bull something or other. That was a fragment of rock that just disintegrated during re-entry and the extraterrestrials are very far away and have much better things to do. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Saving the Earth is very important, I think. Uh, oh, as an English guy... Uh, one of the I, English I, believe, I believe Trump was the one that, you know, broke it up and saved the Earth. Well, you know, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, he can, maybe he's the one that's collecting the bits of rock to build a wall. Ah, oh, that could be... Yeah, that could be. Anyway, so what do you got? Anything interesting? 
Um, well, I'm just just going to scroll back and see what we've got. Um, I got stuff if you don't. Don't worry about it. No, I mean, I'm just overwhelmed by, um, I, you know, we, we've got, I'm just going through the headlines, we've got a UFO with green lights passes over a plane, the White House press secretary is going to be dodgy. Oh, Hillary Clinton apparently is, um, hasn't Hillary come forward and said that if she gets elected as president, she's going to throw Area 51 open to the public as a theme park? Yeah, there you go. And, um, you know, reveal, you know, labor the U.S. government's secret um, files on Area yeah, 51. Yeah, 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 yeah. And apparently one of her press secretaries at the White House has, has accused, and we're back to pole dancing, because the press secretary at the White House has accused Hillary of dancing around the issue of oh, what the U.S. government yeah. knows about the existence of aliens uh-huh. as Hillary continues to make the truth uh, make getting the truth out there as so we've we've ended up here in a bizarre situation where Hillary you've got Clinton um sorry uh, Trump threatening to build a wall mm-hmm. and Hillary Clinton saying well the best I can come up with is elect me because I'll let you see what's inside Area Fifty One. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, yeah, it's like, but it's like you know if that's your best shot for president then. You know, it's just it just sort of leaves a nasty stain, doesn't it? Okay, so I have something uh, a little bit on the uh, the lighter. Uh, yeah, I saw that. Uh, on, the, on, the, on the more serious side, uh, this comes okay. from the Chronicle. Uh, it, it says, "Dead man comes back to life at his funeral." Mourners attending the funeral of in central Zimbabwe uh, were shocked. When the man they had come to bury returned from the dead, family and friends were filing past a coffin with the remains of a Brighton, oh, his name is Brighton, excuse me, Brighton Dama Zahada, 34, and one of them noticed that the dead man's leg was twitching. One of the mourners, Lot Gaga, I wonder if she's related to Lady Gaga, uh, who employs uh, Mr. Zani in his transport company, said, I was the first to notice that Zana's moving leg as I was cued to go by his body. This shook me. Uh, we called for an ambulance immediately, an ambulance. And uh, it's a miracle. Many people are in disbelief. Uh, Mr. Zada had been unwell for some time and was laid to rest in his coffin on Monday after dying in his home the day before. Uh, Zada told the Chronicle that he has no recollection of how he died or how he was resurrected as his memory only returned when he woke up in the hospital in Gouraray, 140 miles southwest of the capital. Everything is history to me. What can I, what I only can confirm is that people gathered at my house to mourn, but I was given another chance and I feel okay now. Well, hurrah. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, uh, hurrah. That's... Hurrah. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, here we have, here we, I mean, this. Uh, it's, it's happened before. It's happened. I was going to say the history is littered with people who yeah, well, have been saved. Yeah, this is 2016. Saved. We're talking, you know, 1725. 
No, but we've we've had them, you know, even, you know, last year there was a couple, wasn't there? You know, people waking up on the mortuary slab or, or coming to at the at the funeral inside the coffin. Um, you know, the, these they are they are increasingly rare because medical science has advanced and uh, the understanding of, of medicine and the pronouncement of death um, is more certain. However, they still do periodically take place. Um you know, where people have been pronounced dead and they have got, you know, nearly all the way to the grave. Uh, we'll never know if they actually made it to the grave. Uh, but, you know, if you go back to the 19th century and beyond, people were buried with little bells. And, in fact, there were some several yep. patented inventions of telephones um, from the dead, I suppose. Yep. Uh, yeah, we have we actually have cemeteries here in the, the yeah. UK with some tombs with... Uh, no, excuse That's me, right. UK, the US with... Uh, I gotta remember where I am now. Uh, yeah. With telephones, here, yeah, that's yeah. right. Telephones, bells, all manner of signalling yeah. devices. Because people were erroneously, you know, buried. Um, but it, I, although it, it is incredibly rare these days, and that's why it makes such such headlines, it still does happen. And it must be the most awful experience imaginable to wake up, you know, inside. I mean, it, it is the stuff of Edgar Allan Poe. You you uh, want to know was, how awful it is? I, I read I read about this funeral in in the Soviet Union where a man had died and he woke up at his own funeral and his wife was there and when he rose up she died of a heart attack. That's how awful it was. Mm-hmm. Was that wasn't there something about? Fortunately, he died again <clears throat> too. So there you go. So maybe he came back to get his wife. I mean, Edgar Allan Poe, you know, he was the, ma- the master of Gothic literature. He, he wrote several accounts, um, it's stories in which people um, got as far as the grave. Um, and, of course, there, were, there are people who have, who have uh, associated this with the vampire myth, with the vampire legend of Eastern Europe, uh, when they've said that they've uncovered coffins with scratch marks in them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, uh, and there are many ghost stories, by the way. That there are indeed. Yes. Very many ghost stories of um, you know we ha- we do have the, the the proven history of the body snatchers here in the UK, which was uh, a nineteenth oh, yeah. eighteenth century phenomenon. Isn't that great fires. Uh, great, some, that, there are there are lots and lots of cemeteries around the UK where um, in, in yeah, but the two famous cities. ones that were sold on the cadavers at medical school that was uh, <clears throat> well that was up in Scotland it wasn't necessarily just grey fires but it was in Edinburgh uh, Birkenhead yep. with the two people involved uh, one of whom uh, after his hanging he was in fact his body was donated to medical science exactly uh, his skeleton it, still remains uh, uh, in the college up there uh huh so. Um, we have a fascination, you know, with graveyards and with the macabre and with, with um, you know, what happens to the body after death. Um, you know, we only have to talk to your host on Ghost Chronicles The Next Generation, who spends half her waking hours in graveyards tripping merrily round in cemeteries. Um, but, I, you know, I was really surprised. We did, a, of course, we did a show last Wednesday, and uh, we had the death mask there, and... Um, she had never heard of death masks, and death masks were pretty common. Oh yeah, uh, there, I mean, are, there are many famous people who are still their faces are still preserved through the death, ma- death masks. That's right. The, there are many museums here in here in the UK where you have death masks, and it's not the, the death mask was was a common way of showing like 
if you remember Saddam Hussein, the pictures went round the, the internet to say that, you know, we captured this guy and he'd been dealt with. Um, the death mask was an earlier version of that, that famous people would, for posterity or to prove that they had in fact been caught and executed a death right. mask and then and then copies of that death mask were made and in fact that was one of the the origins of of the the famous madame to swords waxworks um really in the french revolutionary days um they used to make these these casts these replicas of the deceased people um that was that was um and that led directly to madame to swords um because she was a french person who made copies of you know the death masks of the deceased famous people so um yeah um there are many museums and you know many i i, I spent some time doing an investigation uh helping a scottish castle um where there was the death or one of the you say death masks they're actually reproductions of the original uh, plaster reproductions that were circulated right. it's kind of like the, the the sort of 19th century version of putting the head of the traitor on a pole uh, by the side of the road they used to circulate these plaster death masks but this one's of bonnie prince charlie um really who was the pretender and this was you know this was one of the the exhibits of the castle um, they are they are quite common here in the UK. They're probably much less common in America. I agree. Um, there are some in Australia, of course. Um, Ned Kelly, uh, he has a death mask, a death cast, um, and one or two famous people had it done for posterity, something to leave uh, quite a nice way of being remembered, I suppose, with a plaster head. Um, yeah, it's nice. That, you was, know. that was made after death. And yeah, I, if, there are some Lincoln, of, uh, has a death mask. I was going to say there are some um, who were. Um, who were cast um, of of criminals in in the, in the states as well? I, I recall, but you just you just beat me to it with Abe Abe, Abe Lincoln. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, you know, the interesting thing is, is a lot of people don't under, don't remember too that they actually used to make uh, jewelry and stuff out of uh, people's remains. For instance, uh, hair wreaths are very common. Oh gosh, yes. Um, in fact, Anne Anne Winsburn, my colleague and guest of the show periodically she collects this um memento mori uh, jewelry exactly Uh, it's very very common in the victorian era to to make brooches out of woven hair of the deceased or you know other bits it was usually the woven hair uh, right woven into black jewelry um but we have a modern counterpart in that people are now uh, routinely made into precious gemstones. Yeah, can you imagine that? Yeah, um, and and other you know sort of bits of jewellery having you know cast into them. There were also that very macabre and, and very very collectible and very expensively sought after series of photographs that people used to do, which we find abhorrent these days. But they would actually get the deceased individual, and often they were children. Um, and they would prop them up with the living right. siblings, and then take happy, you know, sort of uh, family snaps with the with the deceased person, yeah, right. which we, we which we find, you know, revolting and repulsive, and and a little bit fascinating, you know. Oh yeah, we, we, we are fascinated by it, but it was entirely common to our great great grandparents' generation to to make these memorials and to include in the memorial to include in the family group the deceased individual um you know we're looking at it with 21st century eyes mm-hmm. 
to, to not very many years ago it was considered to be perfectly normal and in, indeed in some cultures in in parts of the far east they have annual festivals of the dead where um they're a bit like spirit quest um but they dig up their dead ancestor they 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 ex- excavate the bones they exhume the bones of their dead ancestor and they have feasts and they they include the the you know the, the deceased relative and ancestor in that feast they celebrate the dead uh, by in, in an inclusive way by actually getting them back up out of the ground it reminds me of, it reminds me of you know these old festivals of the dead but it reminds me of a joke that used to circulate as a child here in the uk is like mommy can i can i play with grandpa no you've dug him up three times this week already um, <laughs> yeah that's an old, yeah that's cute you know we, we 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 shy away from death um in the 20th century very much people go away to hospital or they go away to a hospice and they die whereas I, you know, only my, my grandparents generation, death was, was much more inclusive, uh, the deceased was laid out in the in the, in the house, in the parlour um, and people oh, to the house and pay pay their respects um, but but now we've sanitised death in a way that, that separates us from it and we, you know, we people go away to die and then they're dealt with by an undertaker um, right, it's impersonal yeah. now. It, it it is much more impersonal, and we we have developed what what is kind of a fear of death and a remoteness from death, whereas it was very much part of uh, the culture um, of of you know only our grandparents' generation. Uh huh. And uh, I I know that we're almost running out of time, but I, I do want to mention a really serious note because there seems to be a rise of demons in the world. I don't know. There if, is. Where, it does. There does. Yeah. Uh, it, we had this 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 terrible case here in the U.S. of a an Uber driver. Do you know what an Uber driver is, Steve? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, an Uber driver who killed several people, and uh, it, it's been determined uh, that he the symbol that comes up on his phone, where they they tell him to pick to pick up the people, that he realizes that it is the uh, symbol of Satanism and the devil actually takes over his mind and tells him where to go and everything. Uber is the devil. And so that's, you know, he was commanded by the devil to uh, kill those people. And he's quite serious about this. But there have been many, many reports, and this is the interesting, of naked people attacking uh, strangers. Uh, in the Czech Republic, there was a man who crashed through a window totally naked and attacked the family while they were eating their supper. And uh, we have several, several reports across the U.S. here of naked men uh, just walking in traffic and then attacking people at random, uh, walking in the streets and attacking people uh, and all the work of the devil. Well, just just to finish, um, I remember from my days in nursing, uh, working on psychiatry, um, people who were psychiatric, psychiatrically ill or disordered seemed to have a, pre- a tendency to remove their clothes a lot. Really? Yeah. So maybe they weren't crazy, mm. but they were maybe actually they were just mad. Being possessed. Or just mad. <laughs> That wasn't politically correct, was it, to say mad? You're not allowed to say that anymore. Well, they had madhouses back in the day, right? That's true. And, of course, madness was often, often, um, you know, mental illness was often... Was it one of your king's mad? 
Uh, jo- several of them. Um, <laughs> but, you know, madness was often mistaken uh, uh, or listed, linked as possession. That's true. And, and who to say it isn't? Because we don't totally understand. Oh, that is the bell, which means pizza from the yeah. dead. Yeah, so we got, looks like zombies at the door. I better keep... Wait yep. a second till the uh... and of course you know uh, the, the 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 law enforcement are already are always involved because possession is nine tenths of the law. So what's <laughs> happening? So where where do people get the Spirit Quest tickets from? I'm glad you mentioned that, Steve. Of course, I'm, I'm excited to see you again. Uh, you know, it'll be another taco night here in the U.S. That's good news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, you can get your tickets at nyghostproject.com, the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com. And from now to the end of June, we have a $80 discount off the weekend pass. So, uh, it's cool. Three days, two nights. Woohoo! Lots of cool stuff. Uh, Keith Johnson, uh, who was on the original Ghost Hunters, uh, and he's a demonologist, will be there. We'll also have. He'll be clothed, though, won't he? He will be clothed. I don't know. I really don't know. I can't, you know, I Apparently can't... Nathan, Nathan in the chat room is saying that he's he's one for stripping off. I can't guarantee anything. <clears throat> uh, so, you know, Nathan will be there, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, uh, Wendy, the pole dancing uh, yeah. Pope, Pope person, will be there as well. Uh, as well it's going to be a wild time. We've got naked Nathan, um, the nude version, Kirsten's talking about, and, you know, we've got demonologists and pole dancers. Yeah, and angel people too. We we you'll be able to get a uh, a soul portrait, uh, which is really interesting. Uh, we could have psychic uh, artists there as well. Uh, we have people doing angel cards. There'll be oh, the best thing is there is a collection of angel statues and paraphernalia that are going at a silent auction, and all the proceeds go to the uh, blessed. Uh, Mother Teresa's uh, ministry, which uh, she ministers to the homeless. So that's kind of cool. All the process will go to that as well. So anyways, we've got to wrap it up till next time. And, and you got to be in Ireland next time. Is that what I understand? Uh, next week, live from Ireland. Woohoo! With our guests, Michael Benson and Jackie Haynes. Ah, Jackie. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, you're, you're for our friends. So, uh, your yeah, friends. join us next week. I, I, live I met from, from you. Louis from Ireland. Ah, there you go. I have to practice my Irish. Yeah. yeah, right. So, anyways. To, to be sure. Yeah, yeah. So, and, uh, of course, that's uh, it'll be 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at 8 p.m. Midsummer Irish time. time. Midsummer's time. It will be. Yes, it will. So, till next time, good night. God bless. God bless. Goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.